Welcome back to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Aaron Larsoul. This is The Hook. Today on the show, we are going to discuss biggest surprises. The Lakers are starting to play a little bit better. They can play a little bit better, and we're going to explain how. And uh, because of the hilarious Rudy Gobert and was it Miles Turner? It was Miles Turner. Yeah, yeah, it was. (laughs) Because of that. I'm actually interested in how you're going to, because of the Rudy Gobert and Miles Turner, what? I want to hear how you're going to categorize this. (laughs) It was was an aggressive hug. Like, it (laughs) sounds about right. Yeah, a little do si do. (laughs) It was like, remember back in like the 90s, everything was extreme. So you had like, I think it was actually a brand called Extreme, but they had like a Chevy S10 Extreme and it was like lowered. And like that was like extreme ballroom dancing <laughs> was, <laughs> was what they had going there. You know, it reminded me of my mom, uh, shout out, and I'm sure we'll be listening to this. Hi, mom. Um, she, I went to this like very corny private school for elementary school that I hated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then had a very different experience after that, which I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and so part of it, there was this thing where you had to like take ballroom dancing classes oh. and get like all dressed up. I remember I had like a corduroy, a thin pink corduroy tie. I thought I was pretty cool. I mean, I was pretty cool. <laughs> Actually, and like the girls rock that tail like today. Oh, yeah. I'm, in fact, I might wear it to the game tonight. Um, <laughs> uh, and the girls like had to wear gloves and you know, it was it was wild. But it reminded me of that. They had all these like etiquette and dance lessons and so i was reminded like <laughs> walk up to your partner oh man it was uh yeah we'll get into it later but those dudes do i remember any of what of like the ballroom dancing no 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 you don't remember the steps do i do it. i look like no uh wait there was wait there was like box something and i think foxtrot i think i don't remember what those actually are but for whatever reason those names are familiar Isn't to me foxtrot so like a uh wasn't that an Independence Day? It's like Foxtrot. Oh, yeah, I think it is. I think there, there is some like military, <laughs> yeah, something to it. Tango, Foxtrot, something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's probably not what they were going for in, uh, God, I'm, just, I'm going to ask my mom. My mom will remember what it's called. Next week, next Friday, All I right. will tell you what that it was called. It was called like, no, never mind. Uh, I will tell you what it was called, but it was like etiquette. And it was terrible. I hated it. That was not story time. Story time is going right. to come a little bit later in the and show. I learned nothing we, from it, clearly. As we, <laughs> as we send you guys off into your Lakers weekend. Um, but I actually, so we're recording this on, on November 12th. Mm-hmm. You guys are probably listening to this on November 12th. It's Disney Day. And is it? Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, it's like Disney Plus Day. I, it's just, you know, it's like National Taco Day. It just kind of okay, yeah. pops up on the calendar. You know, there's, there is like an actual committee and place that is responsible for keeping a calendar of such things and if you want to have a national something day you basically just ask them and like give them a few bucks and they're like yeah sure i guess now it is national wear a bikini in the cold day sure (laughs) we got to get like a national hook day that's right every friday i'm gonna find that committee we're gonna get this there is somebody who actually like maintains the national calendar for such. i can i can i can expense that like if we pay for a national hook day i can expense that Mm -hmm. all right uh, Michael, Can it coincide with that? No, Justin, like... John, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so today, uh, like I said, it's it's National Disney Day or Disney Plus Day, whatever it is. My daughter is is like way into Toy Story. Like she wakes up, one of the first things she says is Woody, 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 and it's great because you know she wakes up super early. I work super late, so. I throw on Woody. I mean, that sounds kind of awful, actually. 
Well, no, well, it's it's great because I I just get to like fall asleep for another hour oh, or so okay. while she like you know is posted up. And how many Toy Stories are there at this point? There's four. There's four okay. of them. But I was thinking about this because like toys have really kind of given way to the iPad and to the phone and to all these things. It feels like a missed opportunity that they never like. Like Woody wouldn't go on on big adventures to to unplug the iPad at night so it couldn't charge and, and Andy couldn't use it the next morning. <laughs> Feels like they, they 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 could they could squeeze out a Toy Story five if everybody's looking for another check. Oh, I imagine they will. They should. They right. should. Do you have a favorite Disney story I, or movie? Like I know you you're, you're... Uh, uh yeah, actually yes. Yeah. I'm a little nervous I, about I... the face you're making right now. Well, because I was going to say no, and then I was going to like look at you funny for asking somebody who obviously does not live their life in a way that would uh, <laughs> that would present well, you were itself. You a kid for... once upon a time when you were a ballroom dancer. Like, well, yeah, did was, you have yeah. a favorite? Did you have... And I have, I have a, uh, I have a six-year-old and niece and a three-year-old nephew mm-hmm. um, who I love very much and also love that they're not mine. So when, I, when they wear me yeah. out, I can give them back. I miss just being an uncle. Like, yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, but I do. So one, my old, uh, my, my favorite is, uh, the jungle book, the, uh, mm, the probably, I don't know. Was it seventies, maybe sixties, yeah. seventies, the cartoon, Older not the live action. One, but yeah. Yeah. That one? yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if I have a favorite, uh, if I have a favorite Disney movie, it is definitely the, the remake original is jungle good. book. The no, Disney it's remake. No, it's, of it's not. No, it isn't. Did you see it? I, I bet you haven't even seen it. I think I've seen minutes of it where, and where they have, uh, Mogu look like uh, he kind of has like a Tarzan kind of thing to him. No, no, it's not good. No, I don't like that. I like the originals. We've talked about Willy Wonka. Well, I know, I know. How I hate, right. Like if I have something that loyal I'm into, to soil I will Willy Wonka loyal is. to the soil. It's still the best phrase that's ever loyal been uttered on this soil. show. Yeah, no, I'm not. I am. We ain't changing nothing up. No. When I find something I like, it's mine and that's it. We do not do it again. We so like when DJ K-Slay would be like, it's the remix. You'd be like, no, shut up. Stop no, it. Ain't. <laughs> well, unless I wasn't that into the original, if I'm not yeah. that into the original, fine. But okay, if the original good. is, you know, on my list of top whatever in whatever entity category it is in, I do not need you messing it up. <laughs> All right. Let's that's just fair. keep that's let's fair. just keep what worked. What worked worked. Let's just keep that. So you're like Frank Vogel after a, a, a win with his starting lineup. He just refuses to to change anything about that starting lineup because it kind of sort of worked that one time. Hennessy is delicious. <laughs> Uh, we're going to, let's jump into the surprises of the season so far. Uh, for me, it is, and this is going to sting for Lakers fans listening, but it's how well the former Lakers are playing in the teams that those former Lakers mm. have gone to Chicago mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with Lonzo and, yep. and Caruso, yep. the Knicks with Julius Randle, they're, they're sliding a little bit lately. Uh, and then Washington with, with Kuzma and Trez yeah, and Kuzma the game winner last night. Yeah. Uh, so it was, uh, it's, it's been, it's been fun to watch. Like I, you know, once these guys are no longer Lakers, I, it's not like I just stopped caring about them altogether. And it's really fun to see the Lakers make their imprint across the league, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, with, with, with guys that they won championships with, but it's, has it surprised you at all? Like how well those teams are playing, how well those guys are playing or cause the way that I, no, when I thought about really. it longer, it was like. They're championship players. They won yeah, a championship. Really. They should probably go somewhere else and be pretty good. So I was gonna I was gonna mention the Bulls also, and I'll get to them later. Um, the Bulls and the Warriors have probably been the two best positive surprises, and I bring them up because they play tonight. 
um, if you listen to this on Friday, mm-hmm. in what may be like shockingly the game of the year in the I NBA so far, right? The Warriors are the Warriors are ten and one. The Bulls are eight and three. So I might break out a like pressure cooker the... for Warriors Bulls. Like I go. might just hop on there and, and watch it with you guys. But so we'll get to we'll get to them in a second. But yeah, uh, no, it hasn't really surprised me because all of those guys can just hoop, right? <laughs> all like, yeah. all those guys can ju- can just play. Montrez Harrell has kind of surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been kind of back to uh, six man of the year Clippers. Uh, Trez didn't yeah. look great last year in Lakers uniform, wasn't thrilled with his role, but he's been really good. But I think if you're a Laker fan and this is a Lakers feed, the one kind of positive you can take from it is it underscores what a good job Lakers scouting and front office and drafting has done at just being able to unearth all of these guys. And, and if you want to take like a cold analytical look at it, mm-hmm. what Jesse and Joey and Rob Palinka, et cetera, what job they've been able to do to just get cheap assets and turn them mm-hmm. into guys that matter, whether that's AC or, you know, Kuz was at the end of the first round. Josh Hart was at the end of the first round, you know, Lonzo and BI and well, who's unfortunately hurt and, and Randall earlier, but in D'Angelo Russell, but like all of these guys that the Lakers have gotten at the end of the first round, undrafted yeah. guy like Austin Reeves, who's unfortunately hurt now. I think some we should we should give some applause to yeah, absolutely the fact that it doesn't surprise me that these guys, because these guys can hoop and the Lakers have been able to find and unearth these guys often, you know, late first round, undrafted, G League, et cetera. So and, and like Thomas Bryant, he's been hurt, but Thomas Bryant can play. So a lot yeah. of these guys, if you're a Lakers fan, the one thing I, I try to tell people to value process uh, ahead of results. Yep. And so what all of this information should tell you, if you're a Lakers fan, that you should feel good about is the Lakers process at identifying and drafting guys is is pretty good. Yeah, I with, with in the case of like Caruso, Kuz, and KCP in particular, like it's the cool combination where you have guys who were identified by a scouting department department that is arguably one of the best, if not the best in the league right now. Um, and then on top of that, they, they grow when they get developed in a culture that eventually winds up winning a championship. So you learn and, and you're able, if you're those players to identify what needs to be done to be, to get that reward at the end of the season. And then to see them take that, and not like some of those other teams, you know, uh, I guess Chicago was bad last year and Washington was, was on Chicago its way has up. been bad since Derek yeah. Rose towards ACL a hundred years ago. Right. And, and, and so, but it's, it's been fun to also, watch. Like, shout out Scotty Pippen in his book tour. I get, what is that? That is, I never mean, mind. that is, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. there are some spots mm-hmm. where there are some spots where I kind of understand where he's coming from. Like what did his, uh, wanting out of a game have to do with the last dance like I, like that that was a different year like i don't know why they brought that up but because 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 michael <laughs> mj is petty as shit and wants to twist the knife in what do you mean <laughs> well sure but like what if i'm mean? if i'm scotty i i'm 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 unleashing i'm i'm uh was unloading the clip myself right I'm, yeah, I'm, he, I'm oh he clip. is <laughs> and he he is the only thing is like it's tough because you're going up against the most iconic name in American sports history, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't, it's like, it's like, you know, it, it doesn't matter how well you freestyle against 
name elite rapper, right? right? If you're like, sure. if you're, if you're a relative no name, the crowd yeah, is going to go nuts for the other Correct. guy. Correct. You know, you, you have no shot. Well, there's, there's like a thing in, is no like, you're not supposed to, you don't heckle comedians and you don't yeah. like come on and talk shit to radio hosts. Yeah. Because they have the microphone last. Yeah. <laughs> that's you. That's you. It's not going to work. And, and they have like loyal ass fans. Right, the yeah. people who are listening to their show are loyal to to that host. Right, it's really. I don't know, it's Scotty brother, <laughs> Scotty brother. It's prime. There is nobody. Uh, you got your bourbon and you got your book, but it's probably time to disappear, brother. <laughs> Enjoy the book and the bourbon. Like just probably time just to drink disappear, the bourbon. Brother. Yeah. Uh, shout out Sincoro, I hope by the way, Jordan Tequila. Shout out Sincoro and Genius Tequila. Shout out Sincoro. <laughs> like equal. I feel like equal time here. <laughs> There's some sort of uh, political coverage mandate here, yeah. so equal time. But so so yeah, I think with with Caruso, with Kuz, KCP, those guys go to these other teams. And while there was a foundation already there, obviously, and they aren't like the kind of superstars who show up and immediately change a franchise's, you know, the the path that a franchise is on, they can get there and they can say, hey, like this is what worked for us in LA. Here's yeah. the defense that I played in LA. Here's the approach that I had as as a as a role player on the wing in LA. And, and they can inject that into an organization. And if that organization is positioned well enough to be able to take advantage of those things, that's how you see the season that Chicago is enjoying so far this year. That's how you see the season that Washington is having already so far this year. And the hope is that that same culture that they were able to take to Washington, to Chicago, enough of it still is in LA, which it probably should be. It, it is, right, with LeBron and AD as, as the cornerstones of sure. that championship Rondo, team Rondo was there and has won another yeah. one before yeah and so like if those if if those if those central pieces of the culture remain and they're able to instill some of those those winning approaches to the guys that are currently on the lakers like that's how you see this lakers team take the next step which you could make the argument that they're already kind of sort of starting to do Anyway, who's your other who's your other uh, big surprise? So, so far? I think it is. Uh, yeah, I was going to mention um, Chicago and the Warriors. The Warriors have been the best team in the NBA by a pretty wide margin. The schedule has been not great, but you can only play, you know, you can only yeah. play who's on the schedule. And they have also not only been beating teams, but they have been just destroying people and embarrassing teams, especially in the fourth. Yeah. Um, so they obviously Andre Guadala has found some sort of fountain of youth or something. <laughs> um, but how how smart they are, the, the collective IQ of the Warriors. I had concerns about their defense. They they tended offense with all of the the minimum signing guys. Andre's a you know, he's an all-time great defensively, but was old. But Bielitsa, Otto Porter Jr., given a bigger role to Jordan Poole, felt like the Warriors were going to kind of put too much on Draymond. Just you figure out the defense. We're going to lean offense, but they have the number one defense in the league. Uh, so I have been surprised there. And and Chicago, like I didn't think they were going to guard at all. I think they're yeah. sixth or seventh in, in defensive rating going into the game against the Warriors tonight. I didn't think they were going to guard at all. I thought they were going to score a ton, not guard at all. And DeMar DeRozan needs a shout out. LA boy, he needs yeah. a shout out because he has been one of the best players in the NBA. Um, he's like fourth or fifth in the league in scoring. He's shooting 50-something percent from the field. He's getting to the line a bunch. The Bulls, who have never gotten to the line at all, um, get to the line a ton. They're guarding people. Like, 
I, it has been, I was wrong. I thought the bulls, I thought the bulls would probably be a playoff team, but more like a, a fringe playoff team, a play in team. And I was just wrong. Lonzo has been great. Yeah. AC has been great. You know, those two guys are going to guard you. And so they've lost. Pat Williams has been out, who was kind of their most versatile defender. He's out for the year. So I just like I am officially a believer. I'm very interested to see tonight. It's a good test for both teams, but I am officially a believer. And DeMar DeRozan, like individual, there have been people been like showing, putting out on Twitter, like the top 10 defensive rating for like individuals for individual players mm-hmm. which is absolute nonsense because defensive rating is not an individual stat yeah i, I think we're still doing defensive analysis wrong yeah it, it's just it's just wrong but um demar Derozan has been among the league leaders which means that the bulls defense has been really good when he's been on the floor despite whoever else is is with mm-hmm. him so yeah I, i'd like i'm fascinated i'm hopefully going to get to watch a little bit before uh, before the lakers game tonight I am fascinated by because it's it is probably the the test of the year, the game of the year in the NBA, and in a in the best test for both of these teams. Yeah, definitely to this point in the season, this is it was funny the other night. I was like, man, I can't wait for the Warriors and Bulls to match up, and I was like, oh shit, that's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and it's you know, Jen, I I can't wait for you to get home, but. This means I get to just sit in front of the TV and watch like six hours of basketball today. Yeah, without I don't know who guilty. the I don't know who the uh, the ESPN early game is, but the uh, the Warriors Bulls are at seven o'clock my time, nine o'clock your time, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the Lakers game is at seven thirty, nine thirty. Did you see the other day? It was uh, Wednesday. Yeah, before the Lakers game, Lakers Heat game, the ESPN game was Detroit Houston. Did Oof. how much did you watch that? Did you do any pressure cooker the last few minutes of that one? Uh. There was no pressure, right? Like I think, I think it was like it it's was a double game. So. Yeah, there's pressure on both teams to lose from their <laughs> yeah, front office. Right, right. Yeah. No, I, I, I watched some of it, you know, and and it, this is where Why? I was. Get, I feel kind of well, just because like I was, I was it getting ready for it. Yeah, yeah, it was already on before the late yeah. game, but, um, and also because like ESPN refuses to start NBA games on time, NFL starts on time, MLB starts on time. I mean, not re- nobody Soccer. starts like the Premier League. Yeah, the Premier League. Like when we say it's it's a noon kickoff, if it's twelve oh one and they haven't they've already knelt and already the ball's already in play. Yeah, like, we're not playing with this. Well, but like NFL's like that too, though, right? Like you yeah, you got to get your your fantasy teams in. Yeah, at, yeah that's true. That's <laughs> Ten true. o'clock your time, twelve my time. Shout out um, Liverpool, which is nice. Partially like, owned by LeBron, by the way. They're the you never walk alone, right? Or that's right. There you hey, go. Very good. Yeah, I'm gonna convert you. I'm a I'm a Barca fan. Barcelona. Yeah, but, but that's, a, that's that has nothing to do with the Premier League. Uh, well, but like there's... No, they're in trouble. They're in, in, in trouble. It's not going well. Yeah. Well, didn't they just they just well. hired um Javi, right? Javi or whatever his name yes. is. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, uh any other surprise before we move on to another surprise, frankly, is the way that the the Lakers are playing. Like Oh, we yeah, let's get to the I mean, yeah, because the other surprises are probably going to be pretty negative. So, let's get to the Lakers, yeah. Well, no, I want to hear a negative you hear, surprise. I, I, I am. Uh, uh, um, I have a negative surprise. Okay. I well, I'm. I'd like to say I was surprised. <laughs> okay, but the Pelicans the, the are the worst. The, the Pelican, yeah. Oh, so well, the, well, the well. Ma- but the Mavs are what are they? Seven and four. They have like yeah. a negative thirty or forty something differential. differential. Mm-hmm. The Mavs have been real, real bad. But they're still seven and four. So, like, are they bad? Yeah. So far, it seems Eventually like it. But their record's up. pretty good. 
Yeah. And and point it's differential the is the most predictive thing. The offense but, to me, the fact that it, hold on, did you think with Jason Kidd going there, you're surprised that the offense well, that's not... like... <laughs> and, and and from his and from his preseason comments. Yeah. Well, surprised? but that's like that's part of that's part of why, like, you know, it's it's not necessarily a surprise, but I you know, they were an, uh, a historically great mm-hmm. defense or offensive team the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Historically mm-hmm. great. And Two now years ago like, they were the best offensive mediocre. team in the history of planet Earth, only yeah. surpassed by the Nets last year. Right. And and so like I, you know, to go from that to now mediocre, uh, even if you weren't a believer in Jason Kidd running an NBA offense, you still gotta say, like, man, I I didn't think it would take an immediate leap backwards, quantum leap backwards. It's not been great so far there. Yeah. Um yeah, it's not been great. I don't know why that's surprising though, because like we heard his comments and and for so all good. the good work and look, I'm I'm actually a a, a fan of of Jay Kids, but for in his previous stints with the Nets and uh, with the Bucks, there was like some interesting concepts defensively, mm-hmm. um, some aggressive concepts that he instilled defensively, but offensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then, and then, and then the, the comments about the like and... the concepts of you know the, the the quotes from preseason about Luca trusting his teammates and trying to get Kristaps you know more involved and more post ups like mm, I don't know that that's <laughs> what we should be leaning into. Have you ever watch Kristaps play? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. If that dude takes well, I mean he plays like once out of every nine games anyway and gets yeah. beat up at bars back home, but. Um, if that dude takes one more, he's seven, three, if he takes one more, I'm in the paint fade away, like 12 footer from just in front of the free throw line. I'm going to pull what hair I have out. Well, like beautiful. if somebody oh. has like a leaf blower behind the basket, he moves off of his spot. Like it doesn't take much at all to get Kristaps off of his spot. No, he's not a big, I mean, he's not like a, he, I mean, he's an incredibly massive human being, but he's not like strong and yeah. sturdy and all of that. But then get your ass out there, shoot your threes, or when you get in the paint, you're seven three. Give me a little jump hook. I, it's like yeah. the turnaround fadeaway jumpers from twelve feet because somebody is leaning into you just infuriates me. Well, it's also it's also like it, it's a tough shot in and of itself, but it's a t- it's a tough shot if you're planning on taking it. But if you're being pushed into a a, a fadeaway jumper, it has no chance. Like it's 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 just not it's not going to go inconsistent. None. No. Uh, who is who you you said you had a, a name? Oh, the Pelicans. The, yeah, I, the you're Pelicans surprised. Are, like they are both the of our negative surprises. They are an abject, just disaster. An abject yeah. failure. Now look, David Griffin missed some time. Zion hasn't played yet, <laughs> but like, I thought it was going to be pretty clear that OKC was going to be the worst team in the league with you know Houston, maybe Orlando lurking. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Detroit was going to be any good. The Pelicans have been worse than all of them. The Pelicans yeah. have just, I mean, I haven't seen them. They haven't played the Lakers yet. So I yeah. haven't seen them in person. Uh, watch them play. The team I follow most closely after the Lakers is the Warriors. I grew up in, in San Francisco. Watched them play the Warriors, and the Warriors beat them by 40. And 40. It, was on, it was only because the Warriors didn't care. I mean, yeah. they are, they just don't. Nikhil Alexander Walker has not done anything. They just like there just is nothing there. Yeah, um, it just seems like a Zion doesn't team. look close. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Bi, but Zion, like, I don't know that I expect Zion in the next 
three months. Like Zion just there was Years. that leaked footage of him. It's just it's just bad. Um, yeah. So it, I am surprised. I thought there was going to be more there. I didn't think they were going to be good, but they are the worst team in the NBA, and oof, it's it's not good. This is complete 2020 being hindsight analysis on my part. Complete Monday morning quarterbacking. But if a player has questions about his weight and staying physically in shape, maybe if your organization is based in New Orleans, you might want to look <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> so maybe just maybe. <laughs> the so dude, the started, dude looks I, like a beignet right now. He does. I've started participating in it. I, I refrain from participating in it for a long time. I would do it like privately, but publicly I wouldn't do it just because I didn't think it was a great reflection on whatever. So I wouldn't yeah. do it. Shout out Damon. But uh, so now I've started participating in it online. Mm -hmm. I love the, uh, you know, like making fun comes. of a guy. Yes. Making fun of a guy. It's usually through food, but it doesn't have yeah. to be. It can be like, it can be where they're from or whatever. Right. Like mm -hmm. I call them, you know, Maple Moharkless for, uh, <laughs> for, for Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> yeah. But they, I had, I had a, like a running list of like 15 of them for Zion. Uh, it's crazy. They he went all happen to Jordan go around food. Because, <laughs> what's that again? <laughs> he used to be, he came into the league as Maple Jordan and now he's Maple, Maple Moharkless. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I called him Al Farouk Putino <laughs> on, <laughs> on Twitter the other day. Yeah. But I mean, there's like, you know, the Dikembe Mo Gumbo. For, yeah. It's so just... I started like participating in this because I, I, I have no soul probably, but just because it's so funny, it's just so much fun. <laughs> It yeah, is so much fun. And so, like, it's funny because, you know, on one hand, obviously, fat shaming isn't ideal, isn't great. But on the other hand, it's somebody's ability to do their job. Like, the analysis here is that, hey, this guy weighs 350 pounds right now, and he has a foot injury. That's probably not great for the foot injury. Correct. And it's not great for his availability for his team is, is the, the lack of discipline that he showed in trying to get himself ready to be an NBA player. And so like, in my opinion, fire them jokes, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let look, him I, I, I could not, I could I'm also not. a fat guy. So like, I'm allowed to, like, you can do fat <laughs> on fat crime. Like that's just part of you're allowed to, <laughs> I don't, I like, I could not care less. Uh, what, how much Zion weighs. Don't care at all. Yeah. Do you, man, enjoy your life. Do you <laughs> ratatouille Roy Rogers? Do you, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> escargot festus azili i don't like do you brother i don't i don't care but yeah. like when when you are not playing for whatever reason you are not playing then why you are not playing becomes fair game yeah exactly. like the dude is so good and so talented that he can be what is in decent shape for regular human mm -hmm. and in poor shape for nba player and, and still, still be shoot one of the most dominant scorers we've seen especially around the basket since Shaq. right yeah like he is his comp is Shaq. that's how good he is but when you're not playing it is fair to ask the question are you doing everything you can do to yeah. be available to your team i don't yeah. care how much how much he weighs it's immaterial to me but is he doing everything? Is he doing the best he can with what he's got to be available to his team? Yep. And and he clearly isn't. It would I'm surprised we haven't like. I ain't no doctor, but it would not appear so. It, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, let's jump over to the Lakers, though. The Lakers have been playing better. If they win tonight, they will uh, they will have won their third straight. They have back-to-back wins against playoff contenders, right, in the Charlotte Hornets and the mm-hmm. Miami Heat. They mm-hmm. play the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. Um, the defense is starting to look a little bit better. They, I don't, like, you know, down the stretch of some of these games when the Lakers need a stop, I don't just laugh at the idea of them even trying to get a stop. I There's, like... <laughs> There's a semblance of hope on my part to say like, yeah. hey, they might they might get a board here. They, it might happen. Yeah. Um. So some of these things are are, are kind of uh, starting to come together. Um. Unfortunately, the the Lakers appear to be kind of falling apart in terms of injuries and stuff like that. Austin Reeves is going to miss two weeks, at least two weeks, uh, with a pulled hammy. Uh. But but yeah, like, what are you making of the way that the Lakers are playing lately? And you know, Darius wrote an article about uh, Anthony Davis starting at the five to to help. Russell Westbrook. I just recorded a podcast yesterday with Harrison in which I made the case for Malik Monk starting for Kent Bazemore. Um, those are ways that I think the Lakers could maybe take their next step forward. But but where do you think the Lakers are at right now? And do you think those changes are are necessarily necessary? Necessarily necessary. Good. Yeah, you um, know, I, I got caught up in the air. I liked it. I liked it. I mean, it was like uh, a bad rust pass. Like he just you jumped, came down, like, he came down, wanted to get rid of it before it was a travel. Yeah, right. Um I think that uh, Lakers fans should be lightly encouraged um, by what they have seen recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I have talked a, a good amount about what we think about Frank Vogel as a defensive coach and individual talent can win out on offense more than it can on defense. Defense requires cohesion and timing and continuity and all of these things. So I think that there it's not a great shock that the team is getting incrementally better defensively. Um, there was definitely some luck involved in 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 the Miami game. Miami mm-hmm. missed a ton of threes, open threes. Miami, the Lakers made a million threes. Um, Miami missed a bunch of free throws late and in overtime. But I don't I don't think it's coincidence that some of the defensive principles that have always been there for Frank are starting to become more absorbed by the, the newer guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is going to be fascinating to see because the, the Lakers are not getting the benefit of playing big no. 26 and defensive rebounding rate, right? Not good enough. have allowed the fifth most shots, you know, within five, six feet. Mm-hmm. And have the ninth worst field goal percentage allowed on those shots. So the the benefit you would get of playing big, you're going to dominate the glass, right? You're going to have you're going to give up a, a low field goal percentage relatively in the paint at the rim. Hasn't been there yet. The one thing Frank would tell you though, and I have generally agreed with this, is that when you have another big with Anthony Davis, especially when LeBron is not available, if um, somebody gets beat somewhere and you have in, in the big, the center, whether that's Dwight, whether that's uh, uh, whether that's DJ in the past, that could have been JaVale McGee. Uh, when they have to go and step up to stop something, uh, if it's a switch, if, if the drop coverage is not that deep, and then there's a swing, you still have AD as a weak side shot blocker and somebody mm-hmm. who can come and help. And so when AD plays center without LeBron 
and AD is all over the place because he's one of the most impactful defenders in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You don't, without LeBron, you don't have that weak side, somebody to come and clean up the mess. Yeah. So I understand that. However, it just isn't. The mess isn't getting picked up anyway. Like, it just isn't working. It yeah. just, it just like plainly is not working. Um, and it's not, you know, you and I talked about on, on our first couple shows, what kind of split we wanted to to see and uh, AD at center. And according to basketball reference and cleaning the glass, AD is at 63% of his minutes at center, which basically means he's playing without DJ and without uh, Ed Dwight. And I think that split is fine, but I agree with Darius and, and the article is really good and everybody should go read it. But I agree with Darius. It's not about the split in a vacuum. It's about the timing of, of the split because they're not getting the benefit of it. And you are getting in large stretches, especially early on, you're getting bad Russ. Yeah. So, and and without LeBron, I think it would behoove this team to maximize what you can get from Russ. So I don't think we need to see more of AD at center. I think we need to see AD at center. Those those 37% of AD's minutes that are with another big on the floor just can't be with Russ. Yeah, I, I think... Anytime Russ is on the court, there can only be one center. Like that just has to be the rule. Whether it's now, preferably, it's never DeAndre Jordan. Um, and it's <laughs> if it's going to not be Anthony Davis, it's Dwight. Uh, but anytime Russ is on the court, you can't have two guys down there stopping him from getting into the paint. And, you know, that just puts too big of an onus on whether it's Monk or Mello or it can't be Bazemore. Bazemore isn't shooting anything um, anywhere near Bazemore's, the rim right now. Bazemore's not been good. Um, but so, like, it needs to, you know, so if Russ is on the court, you know, then, and he is to start the game, then you need to have every single minute that Russ is out there. You you can't have two bigs. And, and, and by the way, like, the one place I'll kind of push back against the notion that the Lakers don't have the personnel to make this work is, like, I mean, all you really, if you're going to play DeAndre Jordan, it can be at like the end of the first, start of the second, and then at the end of the third, start of the fourth, but maybe not even, I don't want him in any fourth quarter minutes. I take that back. But like, <laughs> I'm, but just like gonna, hey, I'm just going to let you cook here for a minute. But like, I, I just think for, for you know, the, the notion that the Lakers don't have the personnel to be able to start AD at the five, they have a ton of guards. And nowadays, most of these teams are playing super small anyway. So you can, you can roll with, you know, Kent Bazemore is your three or Wayne Ellington. Right, but, is your but that's three. the thing, like playing Anthony Davis at the five, isn't playing small. It's yeah. Well, Anthony, I, Davis, well, cause Anthony Davis is a five. What, like, well, but, but like, it's, it's not small at that position, but you're kind of, you know, if, if Mello isn't out there, then, you know, you, okay. So let, no, let's play this out. If, if the Lakers have the full roster, which obviously there's whatever, five or six rotation guys that are unavailable yeah. at this point due to injury, but let's, let's play this out. If you start AD at the five and start LeBron at the four, neither of them prefers that. So, mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever they prefer. I, I, I think you could start Melo to be complete. I think he doesn't want to start because he wants say, to win but, six man. But let's but. say, uh, I, yeah, I mean, he, he's been as good as anyone so far. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think Montrose Harrell may have something to say about it again. But that would be funny. That would be, <laughs> I, takes, that would be funny. And, and by the way, shout out Jordan Poole, who's had like 31, 26, 25, and 28 yeah. or something the last four games. Um, 
And Jordan Clarkson had 30 the other night. So, but let's let's play this out. If you start AD at the five and start LeBron at the four, and that's your baseline, and you're going to start Russ at one, I don't know. Maybe it's Trevor Ariza at three. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not. You can pick any two of the wing size guys, guard slash wing size guys, whether that's THT, Ariza, Bazemore, Monk. Monk whoever at two and three and if that is not by today's standards in the nba that's not a small lineup no no but but like like this was one of the points that i made on on this morning's lowdown right was that the lakers also have to because i don't i don't think there is going to be a moment this season where all 15 guys or even 13 to 15 guys are all healthy like it just it just doesn't look like that kind of a season no you know it's an old team and that doesn't even happen for teams in the best of circumstances yeah yeah and so like you know i think right now for what the lakers have to do is they have to optimize the the guys that they have right now you know and 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 if any of your minutes with your second best player or at least second most talented player are not being optimized you're doing a disservice not just to him but everybody around him right because nobody else can reach Mm -hmm. the ceiling that russ can just in terms of individual talent. So if you're starting every single game and every single third quarter at a deficit because you aren't optimizing not just Russ, but also AD, because you if Russ isn't optimized, then he can't make life as easy as he can on AD either. And so like you just it's just it's it's a math issue, right? It's it's a numbers issue here where Russ is going to be out there for 35 minutes. And if you are going to have two bigs out there then fine. Have that take place while Russ is sitting and say Rondo is out there and he can right, run, I mean, he can right. run horns. going to play 35 minutes. Well, you have 13 minutes where you can the play. Lakers be playing a lot of overtime games now. So it's somewhere between <laughs> 13 or 18. Yeah. Or shit, maybe 23. Who knows? Maybe, shit. maybe I'll have double overtime tonight. Mm-hmm. It's probably not. That would probably not be good for my liver. I got to say, um, I was a little, I was a little nervous for the pressure cooker. Cause I was, I was, very close to the bottom of that first cocktail. And had I poured the second one, we're still going, huh? Still going. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Free during basketball. this commercial break, Jen's going to make me a cocktail. I'm going to go throw up in the toilet. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, yes. The problem, though, is if you do that, and that's, and I'm not advocating against that. In fact, I probably would advocate for that. There are those 13 minutes that, that, Russ is on the floor and then there are however many minutes that AD is going to play without Russ. Right. So like there's going to be the minutes that Ru- that AD is not on the floor either mm-hmm. um, in those 35 minutes, excuse me. So is it 13 minutes? Is it 16 minutes? Is it 18 minutes or whatever that you can have big out there? Mm-hmm. Like, are you just, picking one and saying, Hey, Dwight, here's DJ. Here's your 13, 16 minutes. That's probably what I would do. Yeah. And do you alternate, do you alternate those, do you alternate them? Or do you say, here's our, here's the 13 or 16 or 18 minutes. Hey, Dwight, here's your eight and DJ, here's your eight. Yeah. Well, or no, I, I would probably do it more like you alternate them. One guy, it plays one night, one guy plays another night. One guy plays a few nights in a row. One guy plays like once a month. You guys can infer however you like which guy I'd prefer to play once a month. Um, and, and we can and you can make the, the, the math work that way. Especially, by the way, whenever everybody gets healthy. 
once it or if everybody gets healthy, or at least if like LeBron comes back and Ariza comes back, there is just no need to play two big lineups for very often. That that just you, you can't I mean, have look, it. Yeah, look, Dwight's been whatever. DJ's yeah. been awful, right? He just yeah. he just hasn't like. <laughs> I wish there was another way I could say it. He just he hasn't been like he hasn't been any good. Yeah, right. He hasn't been good in three years, so it's not like uh, we we just did our surprises. You of... you said it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tennessee is delicious. <laughs> uh, but these are guys, and including Mello, right? And these are guys that uh, have a track record of huge success, some success, whatever in the NBA, and there there mm-hmm. is like a interpersonal dynamic element to this too right are you going to lose guys if they don't play or if they have to split time or they don't have a role that they think and if so where do they fit into the locker room dynamics and is that going to poison the well on other things like all of that is also a concern and i'm not saying that's the case here Mm -hmm. but all of that is also a consideration something that has to be like worked into the calculus yeah it, it always is that's always something that you have to keep in mind I just find myself not caring when it comes to DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> I just can't watch him anymore. Well, I mean, look, like DeAndre Jordan's been a really good player for a long time, but he doesn't have Was because really he's good. new here and hasn't been here before, and because of his personality, he doesn't have the cachet of Dwight. I mean, Dwight's a Hall of Famer, right? Like, yeah. And Dwight was here for a title, so it, and I frankly, I think Dwight's a better basketball player than DJ yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, he has. So been if it were me, career. I would lean more towards if one gets to play, I would lean more towards Dwight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dwight still has more left in the tank. Uh, they play differently, but both rely on their strength and kind of physicality. Dwight wants to like grab an offensive rebound and punk you and dunk it in your face, and DJ wants to catch a lob and show that he's still like the guy that mm-hmm. who did he get? Who did he get with the Pistons? Who was that? That he cut the lob oh. on. I don't remember. And they did all like the uh, the JR WWE <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh my god, he's killed him. <laughs> uh, was it Brandon Knight? Yeah. I think it was Brandon Knight. Oh, oh, way, way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, when he was with the Clippers. I think oh, because I thought Knight you were talking about like, the, he, like this season because he caught somebody this season. I think he but, caught but, a like plumber. the point. Is they play differently, but they both rely on athleticism and physicality. And mm-hmm. Dwight, I think, has more of that left than than DJ does. Um, and frankly, Dwight's a better player. So I would Dwight has and I think Dwight has too. I think Dwight has more cachet in the locker room than DJ yeah. does, but like it is right when you bring in Rondo and he's is he gonna play or not? Is he gonna sit forever? Like all of those things, um, like for Hall of Famers, especially all of those things, the interpersonal dynamics matter in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Uh I also think winning matters in the locker room. And eventually, like we saw with Brooklyn, right? Where uh, DJ was one of Katie's closest friends, right? Yes. Somebody who got got a got a contract because of his friendship with Kevin Durant. Not, by the way, not just a contract, a big for forty. Yeah, a biggin. And so, like he <laughs> he got yeah, he that amount of money. Like, hey, we'll give you the minimum if you want to hang out and like, yeah, wave a towel for KD. Right, and 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 but he not only. By the way, like so, first it started with being shown the bench in uh, you know he was out of the rotation, and then and then eventually they were fine with just moving him, you know. So like 
those 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 interpersonal relationships and friendships that take place and do matter in locker rooms they matter to a point and if if the if things like continue if he continues to not play well then you know i think the lakers like lebron was fine with wade getting traded back to miami it's like if if that if that yes. is the precedent and if somebody isn't holding up their end of the bargain like they they get shown the door like that that's how it works yeah, that's how yeah. it should i work. mean look i will say yeah, I mean, look, like Durant and Kyrie, who brought him there, were like, mm, he, can go. he can go. DJ, I thought you could jump twice. I, he could when go. Did you, when did you stop being able to jump twice? And and look, like even with LeBron and AD, either tacitly or aggressively or whatever, advocating for uh, for Russ being like, and then advocating for we want we want uh, we want DJ like whatever the fans see, whatever I see scouting, whatever I see working for the team, whatever fans see on TV, like the guys know, right? Mm -hmm. Like LeBron is under no illusion how good everybody else around him is. So it's yeah. not going to be a situation where LeBron's like defending. Unless it's Alex Caruso and they don't value him as a basketball player. We'll go ahead and move on though. <laughs> Making sure I audibly. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's Just lighten the mood here a little bit. Left. Let's have a little bit of fun. Miles Turner and uh, Rudy Gobert got into it. This was a couple nights after Jokic and Markeith Morris got into it. Two guys, by yeah, the way. Yeah, but that like, was a little different, though. Well, those those guys, like I think, actually can throw a punch, successfully land a punch, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe just maybe. Mm. Um, I also loved, like, there was. I also loved that Jimmy Butler gets fined after the fact. By the way, yeah. but like, does For all that hooting the, and hollering, all the, all the, all, all the yelling down the sideline, all right. that stuff. At one point, he had his hand on Jokic when it first happened. For some reason, he didn't make any nah, of his, his he don't want issues problems. known at that point. No, nah, he don't want these problems. Look, I'm gonna. Nobody. I'm like smacking my gums here trying to figure out how to figure this out. Nobody in the NBA actually wants these problems. No. Like, they just, nobody in the NBA actually wants to fight anymore. Their livelihood I, is based on like their ability to stay on a court. Correct. But why would you want to fight? Yeah, all of them have too much to lose. They're all fake tough guys. Yeah. None of them, none of I mean, look, I'm not finding James Johnson because he's like a jujitsu black belt yeah, and has also participated are, in sanctioned MMA to, fights. Like, exemptions to the rule. So here. I would not, he would not be the one I would try. Um, but like, if I'm making a list of just, I don't even care about professional athletes. If I'm making a list of people I don't want to fight on planet Earth, towards the top of the list is people that are seven feet. 250 60 yeah. 70 80 pounds from like war-torn countries in eastern europe because yeah. those dudes have like actually seen something like there has been like they in the, case of, in the case of Jokic, like his brothers like they, they, they they're they're which by the way like you know i think we can kind of cool it a little bit on on some of the Jokic's brothers stuff because they have some stuff in their background that i don't think we need to be you know hyping up but they but also like there's a story that they fired knives at, at Jokic's head because he yeah. was scared to climb a tree. And yeah. if Jokic grew up with that, like my guess is he probably isn't too nervous about people who are smaller than him. No, but there's been like, okay, so <laughs> no, but he's also 
from a place of the in the world where like yeah like there aren't like all there, there are lots of the dudes lots like everybody in the nba basically not everybody but basically i'm most generalizing but basically most guys in the nba come from situations in this country that are not great mm-hmm. um poverty and single parent like all of that right yep and i can i can relate to a lot of that mm-hmm. that is different however then like there there nobody fights wars in the continental united states like that right. just doesn't happen right there's a pearl harbor thing but like nobody is actually fighting a ground war in the continental united states right it just doesn't happen but that is a reality of life in some part other parts of the world mm-hmm. including where the where nikola jokic is from yeah so people that have had to go through that and had like actual war on their doorstep being a daily thing that they have to deal with those are not the dudes i'm messing with no like this is not no they are not the ones for this i have i have family and i have spent an immense amount of time in el paso and then right across the border from el paso is juarez right and i have cousins on the el paso side that you know have been to jail have you know i have fought with them personally like that is that is you know it's part of being a cousin with with mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. in 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 that uh in that part but none of, of these dudes actually want to fight by the way yeah but, but like it's 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 a little bit you know it's, it's oh, your you know, cousins it's, might but none of these dudes in the nba actually want to fight well no the, the reason i'm saying this is because like you mentioned Jokic and where he grew up in and and so like in el paso like you know my family didn't always have a bunch of money you know i i have stood in line for food with some of the um theas and theos that i was staying at one night you know mm-hmm. I, 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 that is a part of what, you know, my childhood or whatever. Um, and then you go across the border to Juarez and, you know, Juarez in the nineties, Juarez in the eighties, like where you have cartel fights going on. And if it rains too much, because those roads aren't paved very well, different. if it, if it rains too much, you have bodies going down the hillside in, in Juarez, just like, that's, that's like a Tuesday, that's you know, different. that. And so like when, when, it's when, different. when, when, when my El Paso side family and we want, we all want to like, you know, Hey, you know, boxing was, was one of our favorite little hobbies or whatever. And mm-hmm. nobody really couldn't box or whatever, or anything like that. But when we would box with our El Paso cousins, it was fairly even. And then the Juarez cousins show up and you don't want any. No, of cause it's a daily occurrence. None of it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It's what they're, none yeah. of it whatsoever. No. I'm not fighting the joke. Like, look, I have, I have, uh, and we'll get into him. One of my, one of my, uh, he's like my nephew, kind of, uh, a guy that I'm very close with. And actually, he's in story time, but his son, I've known him since he was born, basically. He's now 15. And I've told him his whole life, here's, here's Uncle Aaron's going to give you the piece of advice. Mm-hmm. You can mess with, you can mess with people bigger than you. And you can mess with people darker than you. I wouldn't mess with people bigger and darker than you. <laughs> it's a, in America, that's a good lesson. Right? That's like, that's a pretty you know, good, that's know, like a standard pretty good it. lesson for America. Yeah. But yeah. in all of these other places, like literally dodging military yeah. and, and bombings and like war yeah. is a daily occurrence. <laughs> like these are not, these. this has gotten very dark. Yeah. But like, these dude, this is not, they are not the ones for this. No. And the, the Morris, the Morris twins are, you know, whatever. I actually, one of these days I'll tell story time about the Morris twins, but I just thought of this, but um, like 
Morris, there ain't no punks, but the, that's a little different. Jokic is not he. No, it is like it is not the one. He is not the one for this. Yeah, and he seems like doughy and soft, and we think he's soft because he's nice, and we think he's soft because he's white. Yeah, and he's kind of doughy. Glad you said that. Yeah, and he's slow and he's not athletic, mm-hmm. and people don't like that he won the MVP because he's slow and athletic and white and doesn't look like the guys that dominate basketball. He is not the. I'm telling you, he is not the one. <laughs> I I agree with every single thing that you said there. I do want to get back to just like NBA players in general. Not like it's not just that they don't like to. They don't. They don't want to throw. Like they don't want the problems. They don't want to throw hands. They don't want. Correct. to. But it's also they cannot. Like it's just different muscles that you see firing when you see people boxing. When you see people fighting. And yes, NBA players. You know, some NFL players, they look like Avengers, right? They look, they look <laughs> right. like, they look like, I don't know. If, I don't know if Aaron Donald can fight or not, but <laughs> I'm not I trying to, you. I don't want to find I, out. I might, be, I might be tough. I may not be. I'm as tough as I need to be, but Aaron Donald would not be on my list. That dude is, <laughs> but like, I don't know if he can fight or not, but I'm not finna find out. But like the, you know, it's funny. Um, it, OBJ, I might try, I might try Odell though. OBJ, I yeah. might try new Ram OBJ. I might try him. Yeah. I, you know. I'm not trying anybody because <laughs> I am. I have I have lapped my my fighting weight as. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, now you're just a now you're just a heavyweight. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, are I you a super heavyweight? I haven't I haven't maintained the, the muscle to be able to take advantage of the heavyweightness. Right, it's kind of like playing <laughs> DeAndre Jordan. Has. I am size wise that type of that type of basketball. Player. But I, mean, I am size, not but not height, not by height. Though, <laughs> but so so but for for. Uh, for NBA players, though, like they look like they can fight. They, you, you know, you see all the muscles, you see how incredible athletes, shape, yes. in, insane athleticism, and all those things. But it's just different. Fighting is just a different thing altogether. And like that's why I was laughing at Miles Turner and, and Rudy Gobert because like they both look like they have never been in a fight. In their lives. <laughs> I don't even know never what they were trying life. to do. Like I love on one another. I don't know. Like I don't. Rudy Gobert starts with like his shoulder into like with his arms out wide with his shoulders into Miles Turner. Miles Turner just looks confused and he says, "Well, I guess I got to do the same thing." Yeah. So they yeah. just wind up like hugging at midcourt and I thought like the of uh, them like trying to fight was funny enough in itself. But there was some player and I I I probably should have gone back and and figured out which player it was. But you can kind of tell so like when Jokic got into it with uh, Keith, yeah, immediately, both because of how important he is to the Nuggets, and also because I think Nuggets, the the, the Nuggets realized that dude will actually fuck around and do something, yeah. you know. Um, shout, it was by funny. The way, to, shout out to Jokic brothers have, have like fifty grand uh, followers on Twitter. They started one just to talk shit. Shout out I, to Jokic bro. Yeah, they should. They should probably launch um, the All the Smoke podcast because they're they actually they want should, all the smoke. They should. I mean, look, one of them. <laughs> like has a full neck tattoo and is like seven feet 250 and he probably did like the neck nothing tattoo himself. but ammo yeah like, like he uh, just why yeah why do we think that this is somebody we should try right. well and so well like the, the reason i bring up Jokic again here is so it's because you know because he gets that look in his eye and then he shoves keith which by the way was like an incredibly dirty play really really mm-hmm. dangerous he, mm-hmm. you know right to get suspended and all that stuff all mm-hmm. along but 
all of the Nuggets players rush to Jokic because they know this guy can actually pop off. Will actually has right. already and popped off before. Not let this get yeah. there. Yeah. When when Gobert and Turner are sitting there doing the foxtrot at the free throw line, <laughs> y'all go ahead. Everybody, everybody's like, there's some player wandering back, and he's just doing like so nonchalant, like, no, nah, nothing's gonna happen here. We can go, get there go, when go we ahead. get there. At worst, somebody will get a paper cut. Like, <laughs> like the dudes, uh, the dudes when there's when there's a a baseball fight, the dudes like jogging in from the yeah. bullpen. Like I get, we got to be seen on camera being out here, but like yeah. I ain't doing nothing. You know, y'all go ahead. You know what? Actually, it, it has reminded me of with Jokic is Blake Griffin, who has a reputation around the league of being soft. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's because well, I do know he is soft, but I don't know how much of it comes from him being soft. Or him, like, he cries about fouls a lot. Mm -hmm. And he's light-skinned, which plays into all of it. Mm -hmm. And so Blake Griffin used to get punked a lot. And he would get punked physically and not get calls Mm -hmm. because he would get physically punked. Like, guys would try him, and he wouldn't do anything about it. Right. Um, And so you get a reputation around the league for that. And it even, like, permeates into officiating. You don't get calls because everybody thinks you're soft and thinks you whine. Yeah. And so I thought it would behoove Blake even to service expansion when so if he was capable of such things mm-hmm. to actually go after somebody. When somebody tried to punk him, he has to retaliate. Yeah. I'm not going to advocate for violence. Yeah. Violence well, is but- not the answer, but sometimes violence is the answer. Yeah, and so, it's, it's, I, and so, so what you'll see is, and you can go on YouTube and watch all of these clips, like people, because of what he looks like and because of what his game is like, people try Jokic and they yeah. want to punk him. And Jokic just isn't having it. Jokic yeah. is the, he may not be the initiator, but if it is initiated against him, he He'll becomes the aggressor it. in yeah. all of these things because he is not, he is, I think he intellectually knows he cannot, perform how he performs if he gets a reputation around the league of being soft because if you get a reputation about being soft people are going to punk you yep because it is it is that like survival of the fittest looking for weakness you will get punked and you will stop getting calls you will stop getting respect in the league if you let that kind of stuff go so i think in some respects it is a calculated response from Jokic that i am not going to put up with this and i'm going to establish myself as somebody you don't mess with well, it's all, what's interesting, though, there, too, because I have some friends who cover the Nuggets, and one of my best friends in the industry, uh, Adam, is somebody I did a show with for years. Mm-hmm. And when he and I were talking about it, he was actually a little nervous that it's gone too far the other way to where NBA players and NBA teams are going to know with Jokic that if you bug him enough, he'll retaliate and cost himself a game. I mean, that's true, too. Look at the playoffs last year. Yeah. Got him, so, yeah. Right. And so, so it's, you know, you got to, there's a balance there um, as well. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap this thing up. Let's get into story time. What do we set the, set the scene for us? What's the subject? Well, so of the you, story? you, I, I like it when you give me like these challenges, these things I like, <laughs> not challenges, but like, yeah. oh, do you have anything on this? Yeah. Um, and we've been talking about who wants to fight in the NBA and none of these dudes actually want to fight in the NBA, but who who's the, who's the guy who thinks who wants to make people think that he wants to fight, but just flat out wants to fight the least. And why is it Kevin Garnett? It's Kevin Garnett. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to do movies with Adam Sandler and where strangely 
strangely procured hoodies on TNT. And so I want to know how he gets that thing to stay there. I, I tape. What is that tape that they do? Uh, you know, double sided tape. Like he's yeah, going, the tape he's that going they do like for cleavage in the dresses on like at the Oscars when they can't wear when the ladies. Can't I gotta wear tell you, man, that stuff chafes. Have, like I'm not a fan. Doesn't work well oh. for you. Yeah, it's just you know removing it. There's hair and oh. some spots and just. Uh, you know, don't put it on the nipple. That's all mm-hmm. the only advice I would give you. <laughs> um, so this is so you were asking me, like, oh, what about like NBA fights? And then it, it occurred to me that like most of the story times have been about NBA or outside of NBA fights that I have sort of been <laughs> you, involved in. Like you were ready to go been involved in. So here's another one for you. Great. <laughs> So We're going to change the name of story time to that time Aaron thought he could test blank. This no, this I was not. This I was not like uh primarily involved in. Thank thankfully. Okay. Uh so this is 2009. I think like maybe January, early 2009. Mm-hmm. January, February 2009. Uh Blazers at home against the Pel they weren't the Pelicans then, the Hornets, <laughs> the New Orleans Hornets, right? Uh-huh. And uh, uh, Joel Prisbill, I've talked about him. He, he was a goon. He's one of my best friends in the world. Played center for uh, for the Blazers at this mm-hmm. time. And actually one of, so this also involves somebody else who is one of my favorite people on planet Earth. Uh, Tyson I Chandler. I wasn't involved. Wouldn't no, you? that's true. Yeah, oh. no, you were. You were, I, I got you tickets, if you'll remember. <laughs> uh, so Tyson Chandler like one of my favorite guys that I've met in in this NBA life. A really good dude. Mm-hmm. Had him with the Lakers a couple of years ago. He's a he's just like a really good dude. Um I am in the stands with uh Joel's wife. Mm-hmm. Uh Joel's little boy and my wife. We like we're sitting together. So I wasn't doing uh, I wasn't doing any stuff like on the court. So I'm I have like a regular family section seat for for mm-hmm. the Blazers. Joel has a broken bone like in his forearm or wrist. And so he had a cast for a while and then got a uh hated it and so put like just kind of like a wrap on. So he still has like a broken bone in his his like wrist or, mm-hmm. or forearm. So he's guarding Tyson Chandler. They're kind of going back and forth. They've had some problems before. He's They're playing with a oh, yeah, 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 yeah. broken bone. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he Joel is not the most skilled basketballer no. of all time. Yeah. So he, was, he was definitely the uh a hammer for every job type of right player. yeah exactly <laughs> like, not a lot of touch in, in joel's game so i don't know like he, he could have something people didn't know the difference with him playing with it and it probably wouldn't have mattered like, yeah know. nobody noticed the difference in his like, shot and you put a can you put a club up there and block a shot cool can you hold your wrist together and secure a rebound <laughs> yeah uh can you set a screen with your hands behind your back Mm-hmm. So he, uh, so the, I, I keep wanting to say the Pelicans because yeah. it feels like I should say the Pelicans, but it was not the Pelicans. It was the Hornets in 2009. So uh, Blazers are on defense. It's right in front of me. I'm a couple rows back. And, you know, like in the post, a lot of guys will put their hand out, like kind of make like a, you know, the little arm bar to mm-hmm. kind of in into the stomach chest area of the offensive player, just to feel them to kind of like, so you don't have to watch them just to keep track of their movement. Yeah. Right? So Joel is doing that. Oh, and no. Tyson Chandler is like smacking his Wham. hand away, like mm-hmm. raking his hand. Yeah. 
So Joe goes, no, don't fucking do that. Yeah. They go down a couple more times and two or like two or three minutes later, does it again. And he just whacks the shit out of Joel's broken oh, arm or wrist or whatever it was. And oh gosh. So Joel, like he's not having that. So they start getting into it. And uh, then Joel like swings kind of an elbow forearm into TC's. And now I'm a huge fan of TC too. But, yeah. Like swings it into his chest. Like, don't do that. Yeah. And uh, TC like th- comes with a spinning, like back fist elbow kind of thing to try to like. <laughs> so <laughs> TC gets all of this. T- so Joel, like in the middle of this, looks at me and I'm like, why the fuck is this dude like? Is he asking me to like get involved in this? I'm no, what no, he don't want me to get involved in this. What he's actually doing is looking at his wife who is sitting next to me. Can I do this? And basically, (laughs) so TC gets ejected, Joel gets a a, a T, and so it's separated. It's separated. TC gets ejected, Joel plays the rest of the game. I go up and I talk to Joel afterwards. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. he goes, I got sick of him. Like he was like swinging on my broken arm. I got sick of that shit. Right. So I told him, I, and so he was, and he was like, he was yeah. talking to the refs. And so I'm still marveling at like, he got hit by Tyson Chandler in a wrist that was broken. And yeah. he's still like calmly telling you, I didn't like that. What do you, what do you want me to say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so he says, so he said, uh, so they were asking Joel after the game. And Joel said, I told TC, he cries more than my three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> You're soft. You cry more than my three-year-old. So he goes, yeah, I was looking over like where I was with his wife. And he said, I was going to throw a punch, but then I would have gotten suspended. And I don't want to get suspended because then I have to hang out at home with my wife. And she's going <laughs> to yell at me during the game. Why aren't you playing? Oh, it's because you threw a punch and got suspended. Look yeah. at how much money you cost us. <laughs> Dude, that's so a... he wasn't looking at me. He was looking at his wife because he knew he was going to get suspended if he threw a punch and he was afraid of getting suspended. So I know the what he did was different. he didn't want to fight him there. Yeah. He sent one of the ball boys after the game, sent one of the ball boys had a little message into the, I keep wanting to say the Pelicans. <laughs> into the Hornets locker room. To the Hornets locker room, to the New Orleans locker room. Yeah. With a message for TC that said, Basically, in the off season, I will buy you a first class first class plane ticket to Milwaukee and with his address on it, <laughs> with Joel's address on it, and had a ball boy take it in to yeah. Tyson Chandler. Like, we're not going to do this now because I'm not going to get suspended. Fine, none of that because my wife is going to kill me. But if you want to solve this, here's my address. I will buy you a first class first class plane ticket to come to milwaukee and we can handle this in the off season all right uh jake paul's fight nights right so now we now so we're getting we're gonna get darren williams against yeah frank uh, gore frank gore yeah now we need to get joel prisbella no, against tyson chandler no no we do not <laughs> no we do not is tc no is he reti- he's did he sign somewhere this year i don't think so i think no, he's, i don't think so either. he's like he's at that he's at that weird stage where like he could retire might retire. He's a Probably really good dude, retire, by the way. But he's a, TC's a really good dude. Hey, man, when when James Jones let him out of his contract early to be to to go to the Lakers, 
I thought he was going to save the Lakers season there for a bit. It I mean, just turns saved, out he was playing. He saved the first game he played in. Yeah. Well, he was great for like a week. And then, and then, you know, he was, I think he was like 35 at the time and 35 year old seven footers aren't normally very good. All right. That's going to do it here for this episode of the hook. And then this week's episodes on here on this, uh, social screen roll podcast network. Thank you guys a ton for tuning in the way that you have, uh, this coming Wednesday is the next pressure cooker. The Lakers will be on ESPN. They'll be playing against the, uh, Milwaukee bucks. So uh, look for that. Mm. It's going to be a fun game, fun mm. matchup there. So look for that and look for me watching that game. Uh, thank you guys a ton for, for the support as we continue to get you guys through this uh, wild NBA season. We'll talk to you guys next week. I'm Anthony Irwin. That was Aaron Larson. This was The Hook. <laughs>